Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brendan Hauser with Evoke Bike, back with another episode of Bike Radio. If this is your first time to the podcast, welcome. This is sort of more of like a potpourri, things I've been thinking of the past week, just topics about training and racing that don't really deserve a podcast on their own, but I think it's good information that could help you get faster or dial in your training. And a lot of it just comes from things that I'm experiencing myself or that some of my athletes are going through or things that I've been talking to other coaches about. And in this episode, I want to talk about feeling disengaged with interval training, especially as we get closer to racing. A lot of people are going through what we will typically call typically call a build phase and you might be doing more intervals versus volume and what's a good way to manage that if you just start feeling blah and that's okay if you do feel that way talk about combined fields for racing apologizing to your coach when you don't do something a few things that I've left and come back to I think there's an interesting way to look at some of these things a quick note on a guy who tried ketones I was not surprised by what he had told me from this gravel race, but it's something that I think other people are really, I was going to say keen and on not trying to make a pun here. Um, and then Easter candy and avoiding an over taper before I go to this grand final this weekend. So a bunch of little things happening. The first one that I think is most important is what do you do when you start feeling disengaged from your training? And what do I mean by that? If you've been training, there's definitely a point in time when you open up training peaks or you look at your upcoming workouts for the week, which as a side note, I would always recommend you try to look forward down the week. If you're opening up training peaks the morning of the ride and being like, oh, I have VO2 max today, I really think you're doing it wrong because you should have probably eaten just a few more carbs the night before and you're not mentally preparing. I I don't know, maybe we're all different, but if I opened up my computer and I was getting ready for a ride and and I'm thinking, oh, I'm doing VO2 max right now, I'm not going to be able to send it as much of a as if I knew about that and was thinking about that the day before. Now, maybe some people just like the surprise and doesn't give them time to get anxious, but for me, that wouldn't work. But when I'm talking about feeling disengaged, you open up your computer, it's Sunday, and you're thinking, man, Wednesday, I got to go do that thing again. And maybe your coach is helping you progress through some intervals, and there's a reason why you're doing it. But there can come a point in time, myself, I was doing a lot of over-unders with a coach at one point in time, and I just said, hey, man, I can't do those this week. It's just the thought of going over, under, over. I had done them maybe the past six weeks, and I was making gains from them. And you say, well, Brent, if you're making gains, keep going. Yeah, but I'm in this sport for a long time, meaning I want to still be in the sport for a long time, moving forward, not talking about what I've been doing. I don't want to burn out from one type of interval. And you know what? I make his job easier. If I'm like, hey, I don't want to do over-unders, maybe that's a time to throw in a different type of FTP workout or a different type of VO2 max training. Or maybe it's a signal to him, okay, we've been crushing intervals for a bit. Maybe he just needs to go ride this week. And then I think at those points in time, me verbalizing that type of thing, if an athlete says that to me, he's like, no, or she says, no, I don't want to do that. It's like, well, what's, what's your, what are you itching for right now? And sometimes they're like, I want to go crush some KOMs. I love when an athlete wants to go crush because you know they're feeling good. If someone's beat up and they're kind of in the dumps, the thought of KOMs 
is not even a thought because you know you're not feeling good. You're not super hyped to go crush KOMs. I'm itching to go hit some mountain climbs because I'm really tired of trying to hammer out over-unders here on the flats in Florida. There's really no, no KOMs to go for unless you're in a group ride or if you have a time trial bike. And I want to go shout out to Zach Gregg, who was on the podcast. I think he's got a couple that are like 18, 19 minutes. One of them I came maybe within 45 seconds. I'm not, I don't even, I don't think I can close that gap, but I want to try and beat what I've done before. And I want to go do some intervals on some of these climbs. And I want to just be able to consistently pedal without having to deal with stoplights and traffic. But I'm going down a wormhole here. That's kind of part of bike radio. But if you're feeling disengaged, that's okay. Just stop doing the same thing and tell your coach or, as I've been trying to say, work with one of your friends. And this is a really good dialogue to have with your training buddy because they might be going through the same thing with their own training, but they don't want to say something. And there are plenty of athletes that I've talked to before who say, oh, well, if I say that, it makes me feel like I'm not wanting to work hard and you know, I really want to do everything that I have to do to get better. You will get better by riding your bike and you will get better by not being burnt out by intervals. So if you see something, that's why I usually don't do more than two blocks of a focus of something for athletes because it's just that like seventh or eighth session is is sometimes just, you're just like, blah, I don't want to look at that. Take a break, take a dual don't do those for a block and then circle back because it's obviously something that's important if you've been doing two blocks of them that you don't want to just totally neglect it or figure out a different way to do it. And then the last thing to that is sometimes, especially if you're coaching other people, change the name of the workout. If it's always lactate clearance this, certain athletes I'm like over-unders and they're like, oh, that was so much better. It's like, it's the same. It was very similar. It's just a, It's just presented differently. Okay, combined fields for racing. I I don't know if I've even talked about this on the podcast because I've kind of forgotten about it. And there are it, it's very annoying, first off. And I get there's reasons why promoters do this, but an athlete who is newer to racing said, I noticed that they're talking about combining fields, but they're scoring us differently. Like, how does this work? Do we all start at the same time? So I find the most annoying time is when it's a one, two, three race and the threes are scored by themselves because there's plenty of threes who are strong enough to race with the one twos. So they're in the break or they're racing, but they're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not pulling that person back. I'm only racing the threes. And it's like, what, wait, what? And then you might not all have different numbers and then they're, they're only going to chase down certain people. So you have multiple races going on within a bike race. Do you know what the solution is to this? There really isn't one. You just got to deal with it. It sucks. The biggest thing that you want to do, in my opinion, is just go race the race like you're tr- trying to win the race. And maybe you're a cat three and you you don't feel confident enough that you can beat ones and twos. Well, what's your goal if the race was a one, two, three race and you were all getting scored together? Maybe you're like, man, I've really been trying to get in a break. I've really been trying to stick with these guys as long as possible. That's my goal is getting to the finish in the lead group. Who cares if you win the three race then? Just go do that. You're still going to get a good result. You're still going to get a decent amount of points. And that's my opinion because if you're a three trying to race with one twos, that's signaling to me that you want to be a one two. You want to be in that one two race at some point in time. Just go race it like it's that race. It, I, I, 
when I was trying to race races differently, like, okay, I'm only going to watch the threes or when I was a five and it was four or fives. Okay. I'm only going to, you spend so much time trying to figure out who's a four, who's a five, just freaking race. Cause guess what? There's not really that much difference between fours and fives. The biggest difference is the four who's on his way to cat two. He's just better right now. Like just, they're going to win anyways. So over-obsessing about who's in what race when you're all in the same race, just go race. And if there's any promoter out there listening, maybe just don't score people separately and it will change the dynamic of a race for the better. I get it, Cat Threes, you want your own race. It is probably the most frustrating category to be in because when you just get your Cat Three, at least for me, I was not developed enough to be racing one twos. I've talked about wait, riding behind Wayne Bray. Shout out to Wayne, who was on Embrocation at the time before he joined MVP Cycling, and he was dragging. I shouldn't say dra- it's, I shouldn't say dragging because that has a negative connotation. He was riding on the front at Bloomfield, and I was seven guys back, like tongue out, and I'm thinking, "Who is this dude? How is he riding so hard? And what is going on?" And then I got dropped, and I just you know. There was there was no chance of me getting points in that race, but that was definitely a good race to be in because it made me realize how far I had to go. And it made me realize that, oh, there's definitely a long game to this. And I think we're losing that in the digress on this, but we're losing that in road racing because a lot of people, they think if they don't get their cat one in two years, they're never going to get it. And that's just absolutely crazy okay very quick note on your relationship with you and your coach or you and your training buddy or you and yourself really i had an athlete who apologized to me because he had a two-hour ride and he only did it now he's like hey i'm really sorry about that don't i'm not gonna lose sleep over that and that might sound rude or i care i'm here to help you to guide you to support you You are the CEO. If you drop the ball and the company falls apart, that's on you. I want my athletes to have ownership over their training because if they don't love this for themselves, they will be gone in six months. Like if you're doing this for me, you're at some point you're like, dude, screw this. I don't want to do this. And that is not the way to have long-term success for yourself as an endurance athlete, which is hopefully one of the reasons why you're embracing cycling. Most people listening to this podcast are not 19-year-olds trying to become a world tour pro. They're people who have found the bike, who want to get better, and who see the time horizon playing out like, oh, damn, if I'm three years into this, I'm, I still have so much room to grow because we're not coached as in a lot of us aren't as endurance athletes in the states it's we learned that we're going to get everything in 18 months and if that doesn't happen then well i'm going to move on to the next thing don't apologize to me if you can't do two hours do what you can do apologize to yourself if you want be like damn dude i should have kept going or i should have been better with my schedule that day but don't apologize to me um, you have a zone two ride and you decide to go smash with your, your girls that day. Don't, I don't, that's on you. Okay. We need to rework the schedule because now that's your hard session. And maybe that wasn't as hard as you needed to go. Maybe you actually needed, maybe you went on smash a ton of VO two max and you need anaerobic capacity work. It's like, well, now you're super tired. Now we need to wait three more days to do like apologize to yourself. You're the one running this. Um, one thing that I have found very interesting 
And this guy, Jason, had asked me on Instagram if I use creatine and I have not been using creatine for a long time. And this little part, sometimes in training, and I think people who have been training a long time can relate to this, we get in a groove that we forget how well something has worked, that we stop using it or doing it. And then we kind of rediscover it, quote unquote, again, down the road. I think of, you know, high torque intervals. I used to do a bunch of those at one point in time. And one reason why I got away from them was I realized I was neglecting VO2 max training a little bit too much and I was doing them too often and kind of went along with that was probably a couple years after I got off the sweet spot train and I do still think there's benefit to doing them. So I've kind of circled back. I'm like, oh, these are actually like a good little like number two workout of the week after I do my over-unders or my VO2 max. And I've kind of rediscovered those. But there's three things that have very recently all circled back. And Josh left creatine here. Um, he was packing his bags. He didn't. He brought a lot of stuff here when we had Evoke camp back in February. And he's like, hey, I don't have room for this. I'm going to throw this out. Or do you want I'm like, no, nah, I'll keep it. Maybe I'll use it at some point. So I started taking creatine again. Damn, I never should have stopped. And I think I stopped because it was one of those things I had been taking for over a year. And I was like, ah, I don't know if this is working. And you can only take so many things, right? I'm not going to be like, I take cordyceps mushrooms and um, I'm using lactigo all the time. And I'm taking these vitamins. I'm taking those. And I don't have a huge stack, but it's like reishi, lion's mane, cordyceps, hello blue CBD, at one point in time, I was taking creatine, and then now I'm taking ketones. It's like you can only ingest so many things. And I mean, I guess you could take more, but it just kind of got out of the groove. Wow. Back when I'm in the gym, I'm really excited to see how this is when I'm in between gyms right now as I'm heading north. So I'm working out in with like machines, and I can only do a leg press. It has 200-pound capacity. Um but I can't do like big squats and don't have any way to do deadlifts. But I just feel stronger at like threshold wattage and when doing these single leg leg press at body weight. And I don't know. The only thing I've changed is I've added creatine. And I know it's super well studied. Another reason, I think the most well studied supplement out there. The other reason I really want to take it, I was talking to Matt at Hello Blue CBD, and he's huge on it, not for the strength aspect so much as the cognitive benefits that they found from creatine. So if you're not taking creatine, I'd look into the literature. And the biggest thing that people always talk about is, oh, well, it's, you're going to retain more water and you're going to have higher body weight. I haven't noticed that yet. I don't know. I'm only about a month into taking it, and I noticed the positive effects probably two weeks after. So... I don't know. Just a a note, it might be worthwhile. That was one thing. Foundation training. Uh, I've been going back and doing those, adding those with some stretches. This damn QL thing. I think it's just part of my life at this point in time. Was getting a little irritated and I do believe a lot of it is just the constant pedaling on these flat roads here in Florida. It just gets irritated and then the way ql pain presents itself it's in your glutes it's in your hip flexor it's no pun intended it's a pain in the ass and i'm hoping that getting back to the mountains it it always starts when i get down here in florida i really can't figure it out 
hoping that goes away. But I also realized I haven't been doing foundation training. I've been, and that's this, I'll put a link into it if I remember. It's the one that so many cyclists know about. I've been doing my own stretching and different kind of core low back work, but I'm circling back on that and rediscovering it again. And it does feel like I'm getting stronger from that. And then in talking to Matt from Hello Blue, we were talking about ingesting CBD versus putting it on. I use their, I had gotten off the pain caps, which I had been taking forever, which has Boswellia as well as the CBD in it. And I was using more of the rub and I obviously, everyone knows I'm obsessed with Lactigo, but he was talking about just how much better he's anecdotally heard from the people that purchase products from him that ingesting the CBD, whether it's through drops or pain caps, has really helped inflammation to the next level from the relief that you get when you actually rub it on your muscle. And so I'm circling back on that. So I just ordered some more bottles of that. And I'm curious how rediscovering these things helps me out down the road. And so I think the reason I wanted to talk about this is as you go through your training, take hopefully definitely take notes. Take notes on why you're doing things, what your thought process is. It's really interesting to look back on two, three, four years down the road. I wish someone told me to document more because I didn't start using training peaks until 2017, I want to say. We I was still using golden cheetah, still a lot of emailing. I am hyper obsessed with keeping all the notes in Training Peaks for this reason because I don't know all my. Th- I'm like, why was I doing those workouts? What was I? I know what I said after the workout, but what was my thought process? Like, what was my thesis? What was I thinking I would get from these? And then why did I change some things? And why did I stop using stuff? Just document things because you might stop using something or doing something thinking it's not working. And then you're like, oh, wait, that nine minute VO2 max interval actually had benefit and I stopped doing it because I got more into this. The patterns that you see in your training are really interesting down the road. Without making this an ad for ketones and I just keep talking about these because I'm continually impressed by how I feel from them. It is another food group. An athlete had tried these for a gravel race and he says, okay, I took half a bottle before the race and then I took a half bottle I think he said every hour or every other hour. And he's like, you had mentioned the focus. Holy crap. I felt like I could see every rock. Like I was just laser focused. And he goes, the thing that pisses me off is my power meter dropped out. So I can't compare power, but I rode so well all day. I'm really excited to try these again in another big race day event and see how the power coincides, but super pumped after the first try. So I think everyone has asked me, what is the way to get into these? Because they're so crazy expensive. We can't be taking them all the time for every ride. I would say get a three pack, spend the night. It's 90 bucks. It's, uh, but then there's you have my discount, which is 15% off, whatever that math is. It's not cheap, but think of all the other things you spend money on. If it can elevate your game for a big game day event, I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that unless you are literally scrounging dollars to sign up for a race, which might be your case, and that's cool. Get in the race. Do that. If you have a way to get the 90 bucks or whatever it is, 75 bucks to get a three-pack, try it before the race. Try it on two races, even if you're just using a bottle half a bottle before, half a bottle early on, I'm almost 
I don't want to say I'm almost, but I don't want to oversell it. Other athletes are having really good experiences with it. You should at least try it. That's all I'll say. Easter had me thinking, people say, <laughs> if I ever post something about like pizza or candy, like, oh my God, you ate, you're eating candy. It's like, dude, I... I try to follow a really good diet. I came from a horrible, horrible, horrible diet. I was just a junk food person. I didn't know. I didn't, I don't want to be like, no one taught me. I didn't take the time and I didn't care enough. How many years ago? 15 years ago. And that's what got me into cycling. I was like, man, I'm not in good shape. I need to change things up. I've lost my athletic. I'm not an athlete anymore. And I was an athlete in high school and maybe the first year of college, and then just lost that that track. And if you want to eat something or you get Easter candy or it's your birthday or whatever, bring it on the bike. You know what? I, one reason I do that is I eat it on the bike and it's not great fuel. And I'm like, I don't feel great. This is why I don't eat this stuff anymore. And don't beat yourself up if you want to go get ice cream or you want to eat a pizza. Just don't do it every day right? There's, there has to be balance. And that goes back to feeling engaged and disengaged with intervals. You have to find a balance of fun rides, interval rides, endurance rides, when in doubt ride endurance. But if you have candy, sweets, whatever, eat it on the bike. And then my last comment for this bike radio is talking about over tapering. Someone had asked me a few months ago, I can't remember exactly what YouTube I was talking about and uh, what I was, sorry, there was a video I posted on YouTube and I had talked about when we over taper and we taper too much and they said, I, I don't know why I'm having a hard time grasping this concept. Like I get what you mean, don't taper all the time, but what's an actual occasion where this comes up? And I was thinking about this weekend. I'm going to do this Grand Fondo with Owen Schott. I'm going to see Raleigh Weaver. Both guys have been on the podcast. Super pumped. I'm honestly just pumped to go pin a number on. It has been a really long time since I have felt normal after COVID last year and can go race. And I'm just getting really excited for race season because now with social media, I say now with social media, I always think back to like when I first started racing. I don't know why. You see every I have tons of friends who've been racing through January, February, March. You know, I was trying to do some in February. I had family down here and I've been trying to be better at not having racing run my life. But yeah, definitely had some FOMO. Just like, oh man, I want to go race. I want to go do something. So there's this Grand Fondo in Helen, Georgia, where Raleigh lives. Owen, I found out, was going. And it's a ton of climbing. It's just gonna be the first mountain ride that I've been on. And really excited. And Owen was going to go do a ride the day before. And I said, how long are you riding? He said, two hours with a power test. And I said, cool, four hours, let's do it. This is what I mean about over tapering. No, even though this is just a random Graham Fondo, like I want to go out, I want to put up some good times. It's the first time I'm going to be like, quote unquote, competing this year. I want to, you know, I'm, I think all of us, no matter if it's a C priority Grand Fondo or your number one A race. I don't want to be 12th. I might be. I don't know. Like that might happen. I don't want that to happen. But here's where the ego gets in the way. I say, ah, man, Brendan, you know, you want to do well in this Grand Fondo. It's not really a big priority, but you kind of like, you don't want to do poorly. Maybe you should take it easy on Saturday. Well, 
okay, you could do that. You could ride longer on Friday. You could figure, you could look at your weekly goals and rearrange the week. But because I'm traveling north, I have a ton of stuff to get done here in Florida before I leave that there's just no way to get the long rides in. And I want to keep my long rides going, keep the endurance flowing. That's why I want to do a long ride the day before. Will I be 100% for the Grand Fondo? No, but I'll be 93% as long as we don't hammer the crap out of each other on Saturday, which who knows, that might happen. But I'm going to try and stick with Owen as long as I can. When he does his power test, he will eventually drop me. He's just faster up climbs. And then we'll probably cruise the rest of the time, maybe hit a couple other climbs. But don't over taper because you have an event that does not mean everything to you. The ego is going to get in the way. Oh, I know this person is going to be there and I should maybe be a little bit faster than them and maybe I should just rest a little bit more. If I want to be my best and my biggest goals, which are going to be I am going to do Masters Nats, I am going to try and get out and do the Gravel Nationals. I don't think I'm going to be able to do both. I wanted to do Gravel Worlds and then Gravel Nationals, but that is that would be three weeks in Nebraska and I just don't want to spend my summer that way. I mean, that just in the moment I was like ah no that'll be cool and I'm like eh, maybe that's not so cool so I'm going to try and do master's nats then had to gravel nats and if I'm feeling good when I get back from France I do want to I really want to do amateur nats it's going to be an interesting race this year there's a few less teams but then there's a lot of still a huge heap of strong people I'll be curious who registers but super fun course it's going to be really hard I would like to do that and so those are the races that you taper for. Those are the races that you rest more for. But in order to be at my peak, at the best, I need to get the time on the bike in before that. And that means don't ride just two hours on Saturday because you have another ride on Sunday. Hopefully that clarifies that. If you're unsure, shoot me an email. I'll try to provide a better example. But it should be self-explanatory. Just don't overrest for every event. Okay, hopefully this potpourri of topics helps you think more critically about your own training and racing, especially if you're self-coached. It gets tough to really analyze yourself when you're getting tired from doing workouts and it's, should I do another workout? Should I rest more? Get a training buddy, talk to somebody about it. It really helps just talking through things. If you are listening on Apple or Spotify, don't turn this off yet. No, seriously. A bunch of you have not left a review. Please, that's all I ask is if you don't think we deserve five stars, shoot me an email as to why you think this podcast sucks. If you do think it deserves five stars, will you please go leave it? It really helps. If you're on Spotify, follow, and we appreciate all that you do. Send it to a friend. Good luck with your training. I'm getting pumped for this season opener and then trying to get back to Blowing Rock for Bootlegger 100 Gravel. I need to get the gravel bike back and running as a gravel bike. So that's mission number two after this weekend. Let's get it.